A quick warning, this episode contains a discussion of anxiety and addiction. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, I'm Carmen. I'm Jackie. And I'm Emily, also known as Douglas. And we're your hosts. Welcome to Generation SOS On Record, a podcast that invites people to share their uncensored stories about mental health and substance use. We invite you to open your minds and your ears and allow these stories to speak louder than statistics ever could. I never really had someone that was going through the same that thing. That musicians feel deeper. You, know, you kind of feel like you can't tell anyone, which is like the opposite of what you they should do. That I'm too young to like have been included in a conversation, which I kind of call bullshit on. Okay. And we are recording. Welcome, Corey, to the podcast. We are so excited to have you. My first question to you, just for some context, where are you in the world right now? Location-wise, physically, where are you sitting? So right now I am in my home here in La Habra, California. So I'm from Southern California. Um, So yeah, I'm in my living room, uh, you know, just relaxing, chilling, you know, excited to be here and ready to roll. (laughs) Let's go, that's awesome. So again, for some more picture before we get into the nitty gritty of your life and all your dirty details, can you just describe (laughs) yourself a little, like who you are, where you are in your life? Yeah, so I am 34 years old. I am a online fitness coach. Um, I've been in the fitness industry like 10 plus years now. Um, I just actually sold uh, two gyms that I owned here in Southern California. I just sold them this year and transitioned fully into the online training space. So that's been, you know, what I've been doing these last, um, I'd say four months or so. Um, I, uh, so yeah, that's my, you know, career. Um, I am a father of two, so I have two boys. Um, so that's, you know, a whole nother, you know, challenge in itself, but it's the beauties of being a father, I guess. Right. So the, um, so yeah, between work, you know, being a dad, um, you know, me just, uh, trying to level up in all aspects of my life. That's, that's where I'm at right now. That's like a good place to be. Happy for you. Congrats Thank on you. selling the gyms too. Thank you. Um, so first of all, just to start off with your life kind of further back, how was your childhood growing into adulthood? What was your relationship to mental health that entire way through? So I, I guess the way to start, it would be, um, so growing up uh, early, I would say elementary, going into junior high, I started to realize or started to feel a change. And what I mean by that is, and I, mind you, at that moment, I didn't know what I was feeling. I didn't know it was anxiety, but it was. Um, so I started to notice these little things, right? These little panic attacks, um, just, you know, constant fear that started to creep up. And so that was uh, elementary school going into middle school. When I got into high school, it was like full blown crippling anxiety. Now, the problem at that point was I didn't know that it was anxiety. So here I am having these panic attacks, you know, I'm always anxious, but because I didn't put a name to it, like I didn't understand exactly what it was. I thought something was wrong with me. I thought like, dude, Corey, you're going crazy. Like, this is weird. Like, why are you so scared all the time? Why are you having these panic attacks? You're freaking out. You can't be by yourself. So it was a, you know, my high school years were pretty bad. Like when I say crippling, I mean, it was like, you know, I don't want to say I was ever to that point where I was suicidal, but I, w- I was heading that direction. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute, something's wrong with me. I'm always scared, um, panicking. I don't know what this is. And the thing that I want to like really, you know, I guess share is um, there was like a shame behind that. There was like like a, like an embarrassment. Like I felt like if I tell anybody this, especially my parents, 
what are they, they're gonna think I'm crazy. They're gonna be like, dude, what do you mean, Corey? Like, I don't understand. What do you mean you're scared? What do you mean you're having these panics? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you need to go see a therapist or something. So I really held off for so long to share that with anyone. Um, so finally, I just got to the point where I'm like, dude, this isn't going the, in the right direction. Like, if I if I don't seek help or talk to someone about this, um, I don't know what's gonna happen to me. Like, I really feel like I'm gonna lose my mind. So I finally made the decision. I let my mom know. Um, so I went to go see a therapist, but that was a whole nother area of problem because when I went to go see the therapist, you know, uh, I'm talking to him and the first thing they wanted to do was put me on medication. Like it wasn't really like a, a, I didn't really feel there was a lot of healing talking to the therapist. It was more like, all right, dude, you're telling me your problems. Let's put you on these antidepressants. And I just didn't like that. I felt like even even at that age, I'm like intuitively, I realized like dude, there's no way that I can just take this pill and it's gonna heal what's really going on with me. So I didn't do that. I didn't I didn't take the medication. I just kind of like put that to the side. Um, but I continued to struggle through that. You know, I was still dealing with the anxiety. Um, it was at an all-time high during high school, and the the, the turning point, I guess, or the the point where I started to kind of heal a little bit more was doing my research. I really started researching like my symptoms. Um, hey, you know, this is what I'm feeling. Looking at other support groups. So that was the beginning of like my healing and like the actual understanding of myself, what I was dealing with, what I was feeling, um, and that led to all you know down the line of my whole you know personal development journey. You know. Wow. So that's a to, yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. But I'm, I kind of want to break this down a little bit because I really, I think that's very interesting and in that you're able to reflect on your childhood growing up and through, you know, adulthood and how yeah. it wasn't really explained to you what anxiety or depression, it sounds like they just gave you medicine, but you didn't really understand what that was, right? Right. No, exactly. It was treating the symptom, but they, I wasn't treating the root cause of it. Right. Which was really stored trauma. It was like all this trauma was stored in my body that was showing up. I was getting triggered. Right. So I'm like, okay, wait a minute. There's, there's a trigger right now. I'm feeling the physical sensations, right? The panic attack. Um, and I'm freaking out, but yet, you know, all I'm getting is, well, here, take this pill to calm you down. But I'm like, that does, that's not, that's not, you know what I mean? Like it, it just didn't add up to me. Course, yeah, yeah, that doesn't. I mean, yeah. to anybody, especially at a young age. Yeah. So how was your family supporting you through this process? <laughs> oh, good question. Um, so like I had mentioned, it was so hard to tell anybody, guys. Like, and let me give you some context. So my my family, um, they're like, you know, immigrants from Mexico. Um, so my mom, I guess to, to put it in another word, like they have their own trauma that they went through, right? So essentially what happened is this, I, my, my family's from, uh, you know, Mexico, they had a real tough upbringing, like bad. Like I'm talking about poverty. Um, you know, they went through their own trauma. Like my mom was traumatized in so many different ways. So essentially what it was is they, that was passed down to them from my grandparents and they passed it down to me and my brothers essentially is what it was. Right. Mm. So for me to have that conversation with my mom or dad was like almost non-existent. It's like, you know, even when I tried, it was almost like being dismissed by like, dude, just suck it up, get it together. Like, what do you mean? Like, my mom didn't really understand what I was trying to tell her because I was still trying to figure out the words to be like, mom, I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm scared. Um, you know, I'm always like, I don't want to be by myself. You know what I mean? And so to have that conversation with your parents when you know they're not going to understand, it was like just hitting a brick wall. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And it wasn't until later I realized, you know, going through my healing that I was like, dude, my mom, my, my whole family, they got their own traumas and they never dealt with it. So how can I expect my mom or anyone else to know how to help me when they're the ones still suffering in their own way? You know what I mean? Um, so it's tough. It was really, really tough to have that conversation. You know, thank God I did, but it just led to me seeing the therapist. Right. The, the real work came from myself. Like I had to research, reached out to people, you know, um, join groups and mentors, you know, that actually helped me along the journey. Um, but that was a tough conversation and it, it, it just didn't go. It, it wasn't like, Oh, Hey mom, you know, this is wrong with me. Oh, you know, come here, my son, let me console you. It was like, dude, I don't know what you're trying to tell me, Corey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. figure it out, you know? So, so not having like having that barrier between the familial support that you probably craved as a child and yourself and your healing. Do you feel like that led you to turn to other coping mechanisms that, we're either super healthy, super unhealthy, like kind of lacking some sort of support that we feel like we crave tends to pull us towards something else. 100%. So going just off that, because my parents were still traumatized and they had not done their healing, it was passed down to me and my brothers. So for me, going in from teenage, you know, my teenage years into adulthood, and mind you, I, I didn't understand that this is, was, was, uh, I didn't understand my habits were, were stemming from that, but right. I got heavily into alcohol. Like I would literally drink all the time. I mean, every other day I'm drinking and it was just not because I necessarily liked the alcohol. It was like, it literally just shut down my nervous system. Mm. Like I got to just shut everything down and I don't have to think like I'm literally numb, but I'd rather be numb than be so anxious all the time and like just on alert and like flight or fight mode that I was like, you know what, this is better than feeling like that. At least I can, you know, have some temporary relief, but that alert, that turned into like a, you know, a long-term addiction where I'm like, I'm drinking all the time, you know? Um, and it was unhealthy. It was destroying my health, my mental health. Um, you know, it was putting a bandaid over an open wound essentially where, yeah, I would feel good at the, in the moment. But then once that the buzz wears off, guess what's there waiting for me? The anxiety, <laughs> you know what still I mean? There. It's still, still there. there. It's still there. Um, so, you know, and then, you know, even drugs, you know what I mean? I got into some drugs, not a heavy, crazy use, but you know, smoking weed, um, you know, if I was like in party mode and I'm like having a good time with people and I'm drinking, you know, there was Coke around. So I would do some Coke. Um, so that was just the cycle that I was in. It's like, dude, I feel uncomfortable. I'm anxious. Let me do some drugs. Let me drink some alcohol and I feel better from them. But then it goes back again. I feel uncomfortable. I'm anxious. Drugs out. And it was just this cycle that started to spiral out of control. Yeah. And I just had enough. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I need to really figure what's going on with me. So, yeah. So, yeah. What was the timeline of that? Like starting to drink, going through that vicious cycle, and then having that realization that you just described of needing to come out of it. What was the timeline? Um... Man, so, I mean, the drinking started probably when I was around 18. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, 21, you know, when I'm legal and I can hit the bars and the clubs, it just really took off where I'm, like, drinking all the time. Um, and just so many different things were showing up in a negative way in my life. Like, I would, I would you know, go drink and have, like, fights. You know, I get into fights because I have these, you know, just emotional outbursts, right? Um, drinking and driving. Um you know, I would, um, just, just feeling more depressed and feeling more like just low, you know, low confidence, low self-esteem. I wasn't taking care of my health. I was gaining so much weight just from the drinking and the eating. So it was just a negative downward spiral. So from 18, 21, it got real bad. Um, I want to say when I 
maybe about six years ago, 27, I just had enough. I said, okay, my, my son was, um, watching, well, no, I'm sorry. That was six, seven years ago. My son was born four years ago. So that three year gap from 27 to about 30, I started to take my personal development more serious. Mm. So that was like a transitional phase. Like, okay, let me see what help I can get. But the real turning point was when my first son was born, you know, I said, okay, this isn't about me anymore. Like I have a son coming into this world. What kind of example am I going to be to him? You know, what kind of a dad am I going to be? You know, am I going to do what my dad did to me or am I going to, you know, yeah. And like do the work and like really, you know, figure this out. Um, and that was it. He, you know, he was definitely the motivation for me to, to, to really start to seek help and, um, just do the healing, the healing. And that's been the most terrifying, but yet the most rewarding experience. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I really appreciate you essentially saying, Hey, I'm going to break this generational trauma on my end, but also for your sons. And then, you know, so that's a lot of work and recognizing everything that you just stated. So, A, I respect that. Really, thank you for sharing that. And also, it sounds like you were using alcohol to cope with your anxiety. And it's just a cycle. And how do you cope with anxiety? I mean, roles reverse both ways. And so, so they are two separate battles, but they definitely build on each other. And... Did you cope with them, not necessarily simultaneously, because that's essentially what you're saying, but did you know, when did you notice that pattern of, oh, I'm drinking because I'm anxious or dealing with this, but when you're not drinking, anxious, you know, when did you realize this is a Um, coping on each other kind of thing? Yeah, it's when I started to, so I I ended up joining this, it's a brotherhood, um, it's called Wake Up Wealthy, and that was the real, like, work where I started to now really unpack things in the right way. Meaning, okay, I realized, wait a minute, a lot of my habits, it's because of my subconscious identity, right? So here I am having this software that's playing in my head. That's basically dictating my actions, right? 90% of my behaviors are subconscious identity. So once I realized that it was like an aha moment, like, holy shit. Okay. This is all the programming for it. That was basically given to you as a child. You didn't ask for this programming. It's just been given to you, but now you have a chance to rewire this. So that was the first thing. Okay, let me rewire my subconscious. Let me start doing that work, removing these limiting beliefs that I had. And then the next thing was actually working on the trauma, like the stored trauma in my body, like doing actual like active release, which really what's helped me so much has been fitness, like working out and training, taking care of my body and, you know, mindfulness practices. Um, So all this work started when I joined that brotherhood. And this was maybe like, I want to say maybe... um, so my son's four, maybe three years ago is when I started doing this work. And it's just unpacking things, you know, changing my identity, um, you know, releasing the trauma. And what I realized was, wait a minute, Corey, there's a different way to deal with this because I'm doing this work. I don't have to use alcohol as a coping mechanism anymore. Like I had, I basically, I was gathering tools and strategies. Okay, wait a minute. You can do meditation. You can do active breath work. Uh, you could take a cold shower you can, you know, uh, just mindfulness stuff. And also with the working out, these are healthy coping mechanisms that you can work through the anxiety, work through the stress and the pressure. You don't have to go to the alcohol anymore. That was a game changer. That changed everything. Yeah. And once you found that as your coping mechanism, were you more open to things like medication, SSRIs? I mean, I'm just wondering because I know when you went in and they were like, here's this crippling anxiety you have, 
medicate you. Like, of course, you're going to reject that. That's absolutely a Band-Aid over a way deeper wound. But then once right. you were really healing yourself, did you, are you open to that now? Um, that's a good question. Honestly, personally, I, I think because I've been doing this to work and doing the research, I, I don't feel like I need it. Okay. You know what I mean? And what, what I mean by that is because I, I've found, obviously I have fitness, I got mindfulness practices, like I don't really need to take a substance anymore. It's yeah. like I can literally just go inward and do the work that I've been doing and I can alleviate the anxiety. I can alleviate, you know, triggers that I get, right? The pressure and the stress. So I, I haven't really had any reason to go to medication. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when, when it was really bad, I guess before, before I was doing this work, you know, I'd smoke some weed and it would kind of calm me down a little bit. But even then, it's like, going to a substance to do some inner work i just i haven't had to do that i've i've been thank god i've been able to like work through this with yeah. these strategies that i know um but no i i haven't really had a reason to do any medication i mean i'm sure there's people that need it i mean i know yeah. there are you know, yeah yeah but i personally haven't had to That's um great. i just been fortunate enough yeah to not have to do that so this wake up wealthy it sounds like you're unpacking as in also talking about everything that's going on mentally physically inside how you're doing but also labeling it do you think there was a stigma for you being a dude talking about anxiety and do you think that that played a part in sometimes you either you know coping with alcohol or just not talking about it maybe from how you were raised and your parents but do you think that you being a dude and people are like, oh, just brush it off, had a big role. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because that was another part of the, the struggle was like <laughs> talking about it, right, is one thing. But like, yes, being a guy and, you know, again, culturally, right, my right. Know, culture that I'm raising, it's like you don't talk about stuff like that. Okay. So here I am, you know, suffering in silence, basically, and I have no one to talk to. And even if I want to talk to someone about it, who's going to listen to me? You know what I mean? And like, they're probably going to brush me up. Like you said, just, just suck it up, dude. Be a man, you know, um, just, you know, drink. Rub some dirt on it. Rub some dirt on it. Right, exactly. Because even like with friends, right? Like, you know, I would I would have, you know, my close friends, we would have certain talks and conversations. But even then, it's like, dude, just have another beer. Like, it's almost like brushing it off and like joking about it. But there's still some seriousness in, in, in it. But it's like, dude, just have another beer. Like, let's laugh this off kind of a thing, right? So there was no real connecting on that level um until i found these guys right this brotherhood you know i felt that i can open up i thought i can be transparent i don't have to hide this you know obviously people in here are uh also going through their own journey so it's like it was just a safe place for me to share and also get the support because that was huge it's like when you feel like you're the one fighting this by yourself it's like an uphill battle that you feel like you're never going to get to the top of that mountain you know, so um, it definitely changed everything for me once I had this group to, to, you know, connect with. Yeah, absolutely. And having it be a brotherhood, like having the only option to be to talk with other men, it kind of puts you in a situation where you have no option but to turn to them. Um, and having dealt with so much suppression, probably just because, I don't know, as a man, you must feel like you can't really express it the same way other people can. Um, I love that you found that in the brotherhood. I think that's awesome. Thank and I'm, it makes me curious, too, about the fitness community. Because mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, I don't know what that looks like. I've stalked you on Instagram a little, to be honest, just to try to check <laughs> out your world. But yeah. I'm curious, like your life as a fitness coach, do you intertwine mental health with your fitness practices? Do you like to keep them entirely separate so that you can have one as an outlet and the other as a struggle? Like, how does that work for you? Uh, great question. Actually, I, I do, you know, um, and the reason why I, I mean, 
I incorporate certain things, right? Like, cause the thing is I, you know, because it's fitness related and like, I don't, you know, what's the word? I don't want to bombard people with like, Hey, you need to do some subconscious reprogramming and all that stuff, right? That's a little bit deeper down the line, yeah. but I do throw little things in there. You know, I think okay. for a lot of my clients, they struggle with their own stresses and triggers, right? They're like, oh, I'm so stressed out. Like I feel anxious and I'll give them little pointers, but that's still tied into fitness. I said, look, if you're feeling stressed out and anxious, you know, go for maybe go out for a nature walk or, you know, maybe meditation or, you know, even talking to somebody like I've had clients where I'm like, I recommend, you know, you probably should talk to someone about that because this is deeper than fitness. Right. But I, I do like to stay within my lane just because it's like, yeah, Corey, you've done your work, which is great. And I, I know I'm, I'm developing, I'm growing, but I'm still within like my lane of like, you're still predominantly fitness oriented. Um, share these little words of wisdom or nuggets with the people that you feel is going to benefit from it. But I try not to overwhelm people because it's, 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 it opens up a whole nother like conversation that they may not be ready for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It can also get a little fluffy. Like I know if I go to like a fitness class and they're like, you got it, like work on yourself. I'm like, okay, this is not really the time for that. So I get it. <laughs> There's but a balance. Like, positive. I'm like, positive. <laughs> <laughs> like it's motivational, but it's also like, yeah. okay, I'm working out. Um, exactly. Yeah. So no, I like that philosophy a lot. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to check out kind of like those workouts and how you intersperse your words of wisdom or your nuggets of wisdom with everyone. Yeah. And it's just really like when I check in with my clients, it's, it's just having the conversation, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, it, it's, yes, it's the training and the nutrition, which is very important, but it, it's so much more. It's like, we're like, when I talk to my clients, it's like, where are you mentally? Right now? Like, well, how's your day going? Like, right. and then they'll usually just tell me and then I can pick things up where I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about that. Like, if you know you had a bad week you know they may think like oh it's because i missed the work i'm like no there's a reason why maybe you missed the workout or there's a there's a reason why you were checked out or why you're feeling low right now like because i've done the work on myself i can kind of right. pray a little bit and then i'll just share certain things that i feel is going to help them um you know but i do like to keep it fitness just because like what you said i don't want to like you know start going off on the tangent on something but like dude Corey, what are you talking about <laughs> yeah no i, I totally that. and everything you mentioned you know, breathing work, going on walks. It sounds as if a lot of your inner work, so to say, is doing things that are in your control. Okay, I'm freaking out right now. I'm going to take some breaths or whatever. I'm going to read. I'm going to journal. So I think that's really amazing because, you know, sometimes it's easy to forget, okay, what can I do right now? Like, what is in my control? Right. No, and and that's a great point because um, that's true. It's like our minds are wired to basically – our minds are wired to keep us safe, right? So it's like, if you're anxious, chances are you're thinking about something in the future that hasn't even happened yet, mm -hmm. okay? So that's that, right? And then the other thing is going into the past where you're feeling these, you know, you're feeling emotions of like shame and guilt, like, oh, why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. And so then if you're living in the past, that's also gonna create these negative emotions. So the key thing was like, okay, how do I stay present and grounded? And like you just said, for me, it's just the breath work. It's like, okay, hold on, I'm freaking out. Let me just breathe. Yeah, and recognizing it. Yeah. Exactly. And then that breath work literally calms the circuits. I'm grounded again. I can feel my feet on the floor. I'm like, okay, I'm good. You know what I mean? But that's practice. It's like exercising your muscle. That, and that's what I tell my clients too. If I do mention that, I'm like, listen, you didn't just go into the gym and start lifting all this weight, right? You, you went in there like, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to start with something. Just start at the very basic level. And then from there, you can build yourself up. Absolutely. Yeah. And That's one important. thing I've also, I've also learned about the breathing. I dealt when I was really little, I dealt with a lot of anxiety and I was lucky enough to 
have a therapist when I was super young, give me like a toolbox of, you know, coping mechanisms. I mean, this is when I was young enough that like the word toolbox made me excited. So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I have a toolbox. <laughs> but I remember learning that you can't just breathe through it when you're at your absolute worst. You have to practice that breathing in neutral moments because it is like lifting weights. Like if you're like, all right, I'm on a stage in front of 400 people about to lift like 5,000 pounds, let's go. You can't do it. You have to practice on your own time daily, like get it kind of registered in your body. So when you're having a moment that you're desperate for breath, your body's like, I know how to do this. I practice this every day. So, you know, like understanding how to cope in neutral moments is something that helped me a lot too. Um, and right. that's why getting something in a routine, like a workout, a walk, a breathing, um, having it happen daily, not just on your worst days, I think is so important. Um, yeah. Right, 100%. Yeah. And I think what's really been a game changer for me too, it's, um, it's welcoming the resistance, like meaning kind of to your point, it's like people wait till they're freaking out and they're at that level to like, oh, okay, I need to calm down as opposed to being actively like doing the work and actually welcoming and embracing the resistance. And the, like, when I say resistance, I mean like, if you're triggered and you're stressed out, instead of like reacting and like, oh, I, I need to find a coping mechanism. It's like, wait a minute, this is your opportunity to get stronger. Like, just like in the weight room, right? It's like, if you're never adding more weight, well, you're never gonna get stronger. You're gonna stay where you are. But yeah. if you're actively looking, okay, wow, that stressed me out right now, that triggered me. I'm feeling a little anxious. Let me go into like attack mode. Instead of being reactive, you get to be proactive. I'm so much more aware now of like other people's behaviors and patterns that I recognize it right off the bat now. Yeah. So like I, I can literally be like around a group of people and I can just read their body language. And I'm like, hmm, there's something going on with that guy. Like there, there's the energy that I'm just so much, I'm more aware and in tune with the energy around me that I'm able to like see things differently. Um, so I do kind of want to wrap up with a question that I've been thinking about a little because we're talking to you now two Thank kids an amazing career um and the kid who you described at the beginning of this conversation was scared maybe lonely so what would you have wanted as that young kid what do you think could have given you a little glimmer of hope what kind of support i mean i think it's that i think for so many kids you need to have an, like a safe space like you need to have people and like a group around you where you can literally talk about these things mm -hmm. you know i think that's really number one it's like look we all have our baggage we all have our things that we're going through but like if you do if you don't feel seen or heard you're not going to open up you're, you're gonna you know you're gonna shut down you're gonna keep it to yourself and then it's just suffering you're suffering alone basically suffering in silence right so i think for me what i would have loved well what i would have loved to have had at that moment was a support group right someone that i can talk to um, but also just more self-awareness, like understanding myself better, you know, mm. I mean, things that we aren't taught that it's like, you go to school, you know, and you learn what you're supposed to learn, but no one's teaching you how to deal with your emotions. No one's teaching you healthy coping mechanisms. No one's teaching you about your subconscious identity or, you know, process, how to process trauma. These are things that are not spoken of. And if, if that's the case, then you're left basically to fend for yourself. You know, you're like, well, and unfortunately, so many people, they check out, you know, and I mean, suicide rate is like at an all time high, there's school shootings, people are ODing left and right. There's a reason for that. That's not by accident. It's because these kids or young adults, people in general, they don't have an outlet. And so they're literally going to the extreme with these, these drugs, alcohol, you know, all this other stuff that, um, you know, they're, it, they're destroying themselves literally, you know what I mean? So 
it's definitely having a support system, having someone you can talk to, but also the self-awareness and giving yourself that grace of like, dude, I, I am worth this. Like I am worth the care. I am worth the healing. Like I can do this, you know? And if you have that type of perspective and then the right support, you can heal. Anybody can heal. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that. Totally. I love everything that you just said. And you've gained more social and emotional intelligence, which is so important to survive in this world of negativity sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you have an amazing story, Corey. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing all of this with us. And I love the growth and you should be so proud of yourself. And I think it's great that we got to meet today and I just appreciate you being so honest with us, truly. Thank you guys. And I appreciate you guys for taking the time. I'm excited, man. This was great. If I feel like, you know, therapeutic too, a little yeah, bit. You know? a little therapy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>